Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scaling New Heights podcast, where we hear from instructors and thought leaders from previous and upcoming Scaling New Heights conferences. I am Joe Woodard. I am the host of the Scaling New Heights conference that takes place each June, and I'm also the host of the Scaling New Heights podcast. During this episode, we're going to focus intensely on a rapidly growing community within the accounting profession, the Latino community. Latinos are increasingly becoming business owners as well as professionals. And as Tony and Mariette will point out, one of the fastest growing areas is tax preparation specifically for this Latino community. During the podcast, we're going to talk about how they're addressing the needs of this community, what the specific needs of the community are. And this is the most important part if you're a non-Latino listener ways we can engage the community to service them, to empower them, both as peers as well as small business owners. Now, a little bit about our guest presenters. Mariette began her accounting career at a very young age, then went to the California State University, Northridge, and got a BS in accounting. She joined a national CPA firm for a while, but in 2009, she opened her own practice so she could continue to grow and share knowledge with the small business community. She's a self-described mommypreneur. Family's very important to Mariette, and so is the community that she's a part of and the community that she serves. Tony Martinez is the VP of Business Development for Latino Tax Professionals, a University of California Berkeley grad, an enrolled agent, and like Mariette, he is passionate about servicing both the Latino professional community, but also the larger accounting community especially in the areas of tax and tax representation. So, Mariette, Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having us. Well, it's always great to have you here. And I want to just kind of go right into the topic by dispelling some of the myths. Let's, let's begin by moving the clutter out of the way psychologically. There are myths and there are misunderstandings, unless you really get to know the community well. Mariette, what are some of the myths that you're seeing out there, and what's the truth? First myth that you hear a lot is that they are not ready to formalize, and they are not ready to basically step up their game, meaning work with a a financial professional, be it a bookkeeper, tax professional, or financial accountant, to really dive into their finances and make sure that they are mean mainstream and that they want to go ahead and be bankable and be eligible to grow and thrive and succeed as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, many times the big myth is that they're not serious. They are under the table that they are, you know, they don't want to, you know, scale up and they don't want to go maybe from schedule C sole proprietor to formalizing into an S corp or a C corp. Um, And that's completely incorrect. Many of these business owners, unfortunately, are trying to scale up on their own. And so they are trying to formalize. They're trying to choose the best entity status for themselves. They're incorporating on their own or, you know, essentially choosing different entity types for themselves because they're having difficulty finding the accountants that want to walk through those options for them. And so we really want to make sure um, that we are serving them right now as they're growing so incredibly fast um, because we don't want them to make the wrong decisions because they don't have the help. So I'm hearing the big, the biggest myth is that they, they don't want to incorporate, that they're really just 
hobby jobs or they just want to be scheduled C laborers, uh, maybe in the gig economy, but you're seeing, no, they want, they want and they need help with the incorporation of their businesses, forming corporate structures, formalizing and, and growing like any other business would grow. Absolutely. Well, I want to go to you, Tony, because first I want to know, do you think there's a gap between the need of small business owners in the Latino community and the professionals who are available to service them? And if the gap exists, why? Why aren't more accountants servicing Latino-owned businesses? I think there's a big gap where there is a, such a need with a Latino business owner and there may not be a supply uh, and where the accountants that are great and could help them maybe do not know that the Latino business owner exists or who they are. It could be a language barrier too, because there are some barriers, a relationship, they don't know who they are, how to get in contact with them. Uh, and sometimes, unfortunately, in just different culture, if it's a different culture, you may not know how to go about it. So one of the things we always recommend uh, when we, we speak with accountants that are looking to reach this, this community is you could hire a bilingual receptionist, a bicultural receptionist that could help with the introduction. And, but once the business owner uh, gets to meet the accountant and gets to meet you, they, they, they warm up. They, I, I mean, we all speak the same. We all see the same color green, right? Oh, they want to grow. They want to uh, be successful with their business. So when it comes to the numbers, they, they totally understand and they'll work with you. So that's something to always keep in mind, even though there are some barriers of language, relationship, culture, but uh, being able to overcome them with a bilingual, bicultural receptionist or, or even an accountant. You hire a partner in your firm who could reach the community that helps out as well. Yeah, and I want to touch on something just really quickly about the relationship. Um, truly for the Latino community, hands down, that's a relationship business. Like you need to have a relationship with them first before you can start selling to them, before you can even start, you know, kind of advising or teaching them. They want to get to know you first because we are a very family oriented culture. And so we want to trust you. We want to like you. And then we're going to stick with you. But we want, to, we want to get to know you first. I've seen that same thing. It just as being friends with you and with Tony and with so many people in your community, once you've earned the trust of someone in your community, it's not just that they trust you back. It's like they start treating you like family. Yeah. And when I walk through the hallways of Scaling New Heights, I get a lot of neck hugs, a lot of side hugs, a lot of you know, handshakes where I can really tell they're glad to see me. But you guys will almost knock me down. You know, it's like, a, it's like a family reunion in the hallways. And, and that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about your community is you're so passionate about re relationships with us. And, and I think once CPAs understand that, like kind of going back to Marriott Smith's, once they understand that what they think is true isn't true, you're going to see a significant increase in the interest of accountants engaging Latino-owned businesses. I want to drill down on the misunderstandings a little more specifically. There's a pervasive myth, even a stereotype, that most Latino-owned businesses want to fly under the radar. They don't want to be documented. Maybe even that they're run by or largely employ undocumented workers. And then coupled with that is another stereotype that they either don't have access to the resources necessary to engage a professional or they're very fee sensitive 
when they do so. Can you guys address that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and I want to start off by saying that to see that as a myth, I, I think that's perfectly fine because to an extent, it, it's it's I've seen it before, right? Where we do encounter that Latino business owner who may not want to, they ask, well, what could I get a discount? What's the cheapest price? Just because they're used to that. And at times the, um, the, I, I even blame some of our members, the accountants that they encourage that they try to <laughs> price themselves out of business. So, and then at times, yes, I mean, there's, I think the latest that there's a million business owners in this country that are undocumented and they're out there, they're making money and the IRS doesn't care. They want them to file taxes. So that does exist. So there's a reason why those myths uh, exist, but we're seeing trends and the majority of them are um, doing things right. They're looking to grow and they're looking to scale and they're learning that in order for them to really be able to grow their business and get that, live the American dream is they need a, hire somebody to run their books. And the reason though they even exist, which is interesting that I've seen the reason that the people who are not doing it right or who are price sensitive stay in business is because they're serving a community that's so underserved, whether it's a restaurant, it could be like a Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. And that's the only one in, in that area, but their finance is not up to where it should be, but they stay in business because they have great food, they have the relationship. So, I want to just tell the accountant it's okay to have those myths and those stereotypes because to an extent that has occurred, but just be aware that things are changing and there's scale occurring and there's growth occurring. And if you don't uh, look into being part of this market in the next five, 10 years, it's going to be at a whole different level. And by the time you want to partake, um, the, the accountants who took the first step already have those relationships because this community is very loyal. And when somebody does take care of them, they remember them and they stick with them for a, a long time. Thanks, Tony, for the clarification, because the myth is not about the existence of undocumented workers as either business owners or employees. The myth is about the prevalence of it, the prominence of it. And the majority of Latino-owned businesses are run by U.S. citizens, documented workers are employed there, and they want to be in compliance. So, Mariette, I want to come back to you. How might the listeners of this podcast episode engage? What are some of the most acute needs in the Latino community? And what are the areas or niches or industries that are most prevalent among Latino-owned companies? Yes, yeah, so the number one need is for business to, to be formalized, to organize their accounting, to produce financial statements because their number one issue for the Latino community is access to capital. And so for them to access capital, they do need to go ahead and manage their finances and get their books in order. And, and we are in the books business. Um, the second way that I've seen that is a huge need and really exciting for all of us that are becoming more of small business advisories is to go ahead and work with them on their business plan. So many of them started their business, they're highly entrepreneurial, but they've never really sat down and reviewed their business plan and the importance of writing it down and really exploring that. So being able to explore that with a Latino small business owner would be really powerful. Um, and then in regards to the industries or niches to keep a, a close eye on, 
So they're definitely in uh, the construction industry, heavily in the construction industry, also in the restaurant industry as well. My mom owned a chain of restaurants for 30 years, and so that's a heavy industry as well. Um, real estate, believe it or not, there is huge investment in the Latino community in real estate. Many times when they um, come into business, they decide to own properties. So they either own them as long-term investors and they basically uh, own apartment buildings and renting them out, or they actually go into flippers. And so they become flipper dealers and uh, buy and sell short-term. Well, you just said a lot in that answer. So capital, business planning, both of which play together. So the banks will do want to do more business with them. And I'll tell you, just as somebody who doesn't everyday service this community, um, the one there that that was kind of off the beaten path for me was the wholesale piece. And so the, the importance is just knowing, yes, you see, a, a, you see Latino communities on Mexican restaurants, okay, but let's not limit it to that. It's broad in its reach. You just named off a handful. I'm sure there are 10 or 15 that are, that if you want to keep expanding the list, that are very key. But construction, just kind of echo it back, restaurants, wholesale, import, export, which makes perfect sense, by the way, and then real estate. In the, in the house flipping, which means that the folks that do that, they already understand financing and perhaps they could even help help their fellow business owners a little bit there. Tony, I want to come back to you. You've got one of the largest Latino professional communities in the world. And if there's somebody not in your community who wants to find entry points, what have you seen that works out there? And what does perhaps your community offer that's a bridge to the non-Latino community? Yeah, indeed. Um, and it's interesting because over the years, we've done some, some pivots on our offering. And we first started, we were thinking, let's do an organization where the members are Latino and they'll come together, similar to other industries like in real estate and um, healthcare, where there's groups that target a specific professional. That was the first uh, thing. But then we quickly started getting phone calls from people saying, I'm not Latino, but I have clients who are Latino. And we're like, oh, wow you're right. This is an organization for anyone and everyone who serves Latino clients. And that's the current um, position we're taking. It's like everyone come to the conference that we have, take our workshops, take an online course, join us, join our membership. Because if you're looking to serve the Latino taxpayer and the Latino business owner, you'll take classes with us where we could go over certain scenarios you may encounter when serving that type of business owner, uh, how to overcome language barriers and, and, and bring in somebody. Like, for example, one of the, the things we always teach is you may need to hire a bilingual, bicultural uh, a staff member or bring in a new partner to be able to serve that community. So whether you're taking a class and you're learning about that or whether you're grabbing lunch and somebody next to you starts speaking about their challenges and what they're doing in their communities and, and their uh, counties and cities across the country, you just spark up a friendship and a conversation. And just by being in within the community of these similar accountants who are serving the same client, you're able to learn a lot and you're able to get some of the questions answered that, that you may have. And Tony, you're talking a lot here about the Tax Fest, the one you throw every summer in Las Vegas. I'm going on my fourth year and I've got some takeaways I want to share with the listeners. Uh, takeaway number one is you're predominantly tax practitioners with very little, very few of those uh, doing any significant bookkeeping work, whereas the majority of the listenership of this podcast 
does majority bookkeeping and very little tax. So if nothing else, you guys could forge some powerful relationships together, tax preparer to bookkeeper, even apart from the fact that there's a broader reach into the Latino community that you get by going there. And the second thing I want to say, Tony, as a veteran of your show is, they, you guys don't let anybody be a fly on the wall. If you think you're going to come to this show and not meet anyone, no, it doesn't work that way. It, you know, even if you're a little introverted, believe me, you're going to walk away with about 50 business cards and about 10 people who want to have relationships with you because it's such a warm and friendly and inviting community. With that, that's one resource. Have you seen localization of the community? Do you have meetups? Have you seen people creating meetups out, uh, out there? And would that be something our listeners would be welcome to attend? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We are looking to start chapters uh, in the near future because if we had local chapters, I could easily say, go to your Miami chapter, your Chicago chapter, and they have monthly meetups. But until we do that, we are looking to uh, launch uh, lunch and learns like next month. We're, we'll be doing our first one in Houston. We're looking to do one in Austin and maybe Los Angeles soon where people come together. Okay, because the idea is how do we get the Latino business owner and the accountant or tax professional who is looking to serve them on the same room. And that could happen. It could be a topic like one of our uh, partners, Paychecks, they do a really good topic on employee versus contractor, how to classify your workforce. That's a perfect topic that could bring two, uh, the two groups together, everyone learn something, and then they network right after. Um, so I've been seeing more of these uh, meetups. Uh, also, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce does a pretty good job in having events. Like for example, next Tuesday in, in San Jose, California, they're having a big entrepreneurship event. Uh, Univision is looking to, to do some more this year. They launched the last year for the first time. It's, it's, it became very uh, successful. And so more and more, uh, whether organizations or brands are, are seeing that there is a big need uh, in the Latino business owner entrepreneurship market, and they're coming in to fill that need. But go to a Hispanic Chamber of Commerce event, uh, look out for some lunch and learns that we're going to have, uh, and just be active. So folks, if you want to know more about the show or about these events, these lunch and learn events that uh, Tony's organization is hosting, you can learn more about that at latinotaxpro.org. And then this is the Scaling New Heights podcast. So I'll say that Tony, Mariette, many of the others from the Latino Tax Pro community are going to be at Scaling New Heights as well. And Latino Tax Pro has a booth. So if you want to learn more about what you learned in this podcast, you can come to Scale of New Heights and go to the Latino Tax Pro booth as well as their breakouts. I want to wrap up with one more resource. It's written by Don Fotopoulos, who we interviewed just a couple of months ago here on the Scaling New Heights podcast. Marianne, I know you've read her book on accounting for the number phobic but you have some exciting news to share about how that book could be a bridge into the Latino community. Tell us about it. Yes, absolutely. Well, first I want to preface by the fact that uh, Joe gave us an opportunity to have a spotlight moment at last year's Scaling New Heights 2018, where we had Don Fotopoulos and Antonio Martinez and myself and to says on stage talking about this big, big, exciting update. So Don has an awesome book. It's really built for the small business financial success. 
both from the financial advisor's perspective, so how to talk to their small business owners, um, clients, and also from the small business owner really being able to become financially literate in a very simple and entertaining way. Uh, the book is called Accounting for the Number Phobic, and it is by the lovely Don Fotopoulos, and she is a huge ambassador of having Latino small business owners thrive, and so she was able to get her book published into Spanish for all Spanish-speaking Latino business owners, and it's called Contabilidad para Número Fobicos. And it's the exact same book with the beautiful images from a Disney illustrator as just as entertaining, I think more entertaining in Spanish, to be honest with you, but just so much fun. And it's an honor to be able to spread this awareness around the world that now, you know, English speaking and Spanish speaking business owners can be enriched by her book. So read the book. Then go to the meetups and perhaps have a couple of copies in Spanish as well as English under your arm and encourage folks to read it. Then ask them what they thought, start conversations, and perhaps it'll lead to some advisory work, which, you know, let the book be the bridge. So, Tony, Marriott, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for all the incredible work you do. We look forward to seeing you not just at this Scaling New Heights, but hopefully at everyone in the future. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so Thank you. much. Just a quick recap. We dispelled some myths. Latino-owned businesses want your support. They're willing to pay for your support. In some ways, they're even more in need of your support, especially in the areas of business planning and gaining the capital that they need so that they can grow their businesses. We talked about ways that you could engage them, including the Latino Tax Pro Organization, local Hispanic societies, go to the meetings, and then Leverage the book, which is written in both English and Spanish by Don Fotopoulos, as yet another bridge. Mariette said to focus on five specific industries, construction, restaurant, wholesale, import-export, and real estate, but also to know that whichever one of those you address, lead out with business planning and banking relationships, as well as compliance and incorporation. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Scaling New Heights podcast. For more information about today's episode, to explore other episodes in this podcast series, or to learn more about our annual conference, visit woodard.com. That's my last name, W-O-O-D-A-R-D.com. As always, we encourage you to stay tuned, stay connected, never stop learning, and scale new heights.